News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Israeli Defence Minister Yoav Gallant has said that Israeli troops are in the heart of Gaza City and Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, IDF spokesperson, joins us now. Good morning to you, Peter. Um, what's happened overnight in Gaza City? Uh, good morning, Kira. Yes, we are continuing our operations to dismantle Hamas and eliminate the threat, the ongoing threat that they propose to us um, and uh, operating in order to bring home the hostages. So we have uh, encircled Gaza City. We are conducting small operations in and around that area and putting and increasing the pressure on Hamas. Um, we have some uh, cl- fierce close wa- quarter urban warfare that is ongoing. Uh, against the terrorists that are coming out of uh, tunnels that are operating from school grounds, from hospital grounds. And that is where we're engaging them. And uh, I would say, for the most part, we're engaging and winning. Um, It is a a very challenging battleground, uh, but we we have no choice. Okay, and and I think the question most people want to know is is about the collateral damage. Obviously, you're trying to hunt down, as far as we are aware, Yaha Sinwar, who is one of the leaders of Hamas, but it is believed that his stronghold is under the Al-Shifa hospital. Is that correct? Um, well, I don't know to say exactly where he is. Obviously, he's not operating like our commanders who are leading from the front. He's hiding like a coward after he launched a war. The mastermind of this war is Yehia Sinwar. And wherever he's hiding, we'll use all of, all of our tools in order to get to him. Okay. And, and, and Peter, I, I'm not trying to, to ambush you with this question, but what people want to know is is you want to get this, I mean, you want to dismantle Hamas, you want to dismantle the leadership of Hamas and Hamas, it would appear, are, are in tunnels under hospitals, under schools, under that kind of infrastructure in Gaza. But at what cost? If it was to, to hunt down two Hamas leaders and kill everyone in Gaza, that would be a very poor payoff. So where is the tipping point in terms of the humanitarian efforts that Israel is going to take into account here? How many people can be sacrificed in order to, to take down the Hamas leadership? Well, that's just, I mean, it, it's an expected question. It's not an ambush, but it's very sad that you'd even raise the concept that we're trying to sacrifice the people of Gaza, where it's... I'm not saying you're trying to, but that yeah. appears to be the reality. Uh, we are operating against a ruthless, merciless organisation, which we call an organisation, but is effectively the government of Gaza. Um, we are not fighting because of October 7th. We're fighting in order to prevent another October 7th. Now, in the last week, Hamas leaders themselves have said three very clear, very clear, distinct messages that we can't ignore. They've said time and time again that given the chance, they would do October 7th again. So should we ignore what they're saying? No. They've said time and time again that the tunnels that they've built are for Hamas fighters only not for protecting civilians. And time and time again, they've said that civilian death from their, from Palestinian civilian death is the price of liberation. So, you're so while s- operating, while, no, but it's important to understand. No, no, and, and, I, and, I, and I've heard what Hamas have said, and, of, and, and it is, it is what, repellent, the things that they have said about Israel and the things that they have said about Jews. So, so I, I, I fully accept that. But, for example, you said this is not about October 7th. So do you refute what our own Taoiseach here, our own Prime Minister, has said that, that, that this looks like revenge on the part of Israel? You, you, you refute that? This is not a war of retribution. It's a war of existence because 
you know, just listening to what they're saying themselves, they'll do it again, given the chance. So they can't be given that chance. You know, eight-year-old Emily Hand, who is, you know, she's Irish. She is. She, she is. What? Why does she deserve to be held hostage by this terrorist organization? And she's one of over 30 other children that are being held by these. If these... Hamas were to, and they have made noise about releasing certain hostages, if they were to release the hostages, would the bombardment of Gaza stop? Would, would the ground offensive in Gaza stop? I, I think that while that may, be, may seem reasonable, um, indeed, and the Prime Minister said, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said that there can be no talk of ceasefire without the release of the hostages. Um, Hamas it ultimately does need to go. Hamas can never hold the power of government again to build okay. a terrorist army. And that's, that's a really there's, there's interesting a point. Up, I, if you want to dismantle say- Hamas, what about the argument that Israel's actions is the greatest recruitment drive that Hamas could possibly have? I would, I would really like to know what other prescription there are there is to defend to, to defend the, the people. There is the the reality where we let them come in and conduct the most atrocious atrocious terrorist attack conducted against Israel and Israel, a country that has its history is is full of the blood of terrorism. Um, on the magnitude of this attack on such a small country, there isn't anybody in the country that doesn't have somebody that was killed, murdered, massacred, or abducted. Um, th- this okay. is the, that's why there needs to be a paradigm change. There needs to be okay. a reality where Hamas two, not... Two final questions for you, if you, don't, if you don't mind, Peter. One is, is, do you have any reason to believe that you are any closer to freeing any of the hostages? We believe, according to Hamas, and I know it can't be verified, that up to 60 of them are already dead, and they say that's due to Israeli airstrikes. I wouldn't believe anything Hamas says okay. at all. But, but, but do, you, do you have any but, intelligence that you're any closer to freeing them yourselves? Um, we have all of the tools of our activities in order to bring them home. Uh, we're operating in order to implement that. La- last question for you. We're hearing reports of significant increase in aggression and attacks on Palestinians in the West Bank by Israeli settlers. Um, what do you say to that? And this the, that is where there are external journalists. That is where these these reports can be verified by international journalists. Um, what do you say to what's going on in the West Bank at the moment? Any violence conducted by Israelis against Palestinians is and must be dealt with by the law enforcement. Uh, our perspective is that this does not do anything for security or defence. It does exactly the opposite. Do you, and that is- do you condemn that aggression? Do you cond- condemn those attacks? Absolutely, there's no any any attack against uh, against Palestinians should should not happen. That is at the IDF's perspective. Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, IDF spokesperson, thank you very much for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. The Al Auda Hospital, the Action Aid run hospital in Gaza, will be forced to close as fuels run out. And Raham Jafari, advocacy and communications coordinator at Action Aid Palestine, who's based in the West Bank, joins us now. Um, Rahim, I just first before I come to you about the hospital, I don't know if you heard what Peter Lerner said there about condemning the attacks um, on Palestinians in the West Bank by Israeli settlers. Have you seen an increase in aggression against Palestinians in the West Bank? Uh, Good morning and thanks for having me. And uh, so all uh, the occupied Palestinian territories uh, 
uh, is witnessing uh, an, a surge and an increasing violence against Palestinians in, in West Bank and in Gaza. Uh, in West Bank, there is uh, daily and night raids to refugee camps, to neighborhoods, to towns, uh, okay. to, uh, to uh, farmlands. Uh, people are in West Bank and the farmers now are waiting for the olive trees to pick their olive as an economic season that they want uh, for all, the whole year, and they cannot reach their lands, and uh, because they are because they are afraid of Israeli settler violence, because they attack them. They are okay. also and and also there is a systematic uh, closure for the Palestinian cities, separating Palestinian cities from each other in the West Bank. I cannot reach my work in other city. I cannot my, my relatives, my family, my friends cannot reach their works okay. in other cities. The, there is uh, students in some schools cannot access their schools due to this uh, systematic okay. violence that, that it is a paying practice against Palestinians. Can I, uh, and can I ask you just, just about Gaza as well, if you don't mind, Rahim? The, the, the hospital yeah. that we are talking about, the Al-Auda hospital that, that's running out of fuel, how close is the hospital to not being able to run at the moment? Um, uh, until the moment, they have some hours, maybe six or eight hours. And after that, they will. Uh, this hospital will run out of uh, fuel. And this hospital is not the only case in Gaza Strip. There are other 16 hospitals that are uh, uh, that are running out of fuel because uh, fuel is not allowed to enter Gaza since the 7th of October. Yeah. Uh, and uh, although uh, the drop of uh, ocean of humanitarian assistance that entered to of Gaza, the not doesn't contain a fuel, and uh, the fuel is needed to generate. And, and can I ask you, Rahim, the, the effect on patients within the hospital currently of the shortages that 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 they are experiencing? Uh, the effect will be huge and will be catastrophic because many, uh, as you know, that many equipment, many machines work on electricity that needs fuel. And some patients, especially the ones who are in critical uh, condition, will not be able or maybe they will lose their lives and the infant in incubators will be lost if there is no fuel. Where they, where those people will go? Where those people will go? And we are of talking course. about in addition to the lack of fuel, there is a systematic targeting for the surroundings of uh, of hospitals and their yards. Okay. The, the hospitals, according to humanitarian and international law, should be protected, yes, I'm, should I'm, not be a targeted and also now and everything that could generate power is being targeting the okay. solar panels no, placed I've, I... on the rooftops of hospitals and houses are also targeting yeah. targeting by Israeli airstrike. This yeah, is no, unacceptable. We, 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 yeah, we, and it is. I assure you, it's being reported in the news here and elsewhere. So, so, so people are aware outside Gaza what is happening. And thank you very much. We do appreciate it for speaking to us this morning. That is Riham Jafari, Advocacy and Communications Coordinator at Action Aid Palestine, based in the West Bank. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.